Welcome back to the Alternate Shot Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Matt. The career builder went to a playoff. It's finally over. It's um, finally over. Finally over. Uh, the reason we say that is we are recording um, here on Sunday. Unfortunately, next week I'm I'm out. I'm traveling for work, so uh, you're I won't so be around. you're so cool. <laughs> so we had to wait till the last minute to record it, but here we are. We work around your schedule. You know, when when you're here, we we do the pod, and when you're when you're in Canada or Texas or both or wherever you're going, we we make it work. Anyway, it was a good tournament, uh, an exciting finish, and uh, you know, tip of the cap to our boy John Rom for pulling it off. But uh, we'll break it down and uh, get into it here. We got a lot more on the agenda as well, Matt. What are we going through this week? Yeah, we'll talk about the the career builder. We'll talk about some overseas events that happened this week where we saw Sergio uh, and Tommy Fleetwood get W's, and we're going to preview the farmers. A uh, lot of eyes on the farmers this week because Tiger's back. Um, and then we dug up an old Jason Day ad that we hate, right. and it made us uh, it made us think about other golf commercials that we loved and hate. And we're going to talk about a few of our favorites and least favorites. Sounds good. It's gonna be a fun show. Let's get into it. So Matt, the uh, the career builder. Uh, here we are on Sunday. We just uh, watched the New England Patriots advance to the uh, to the Super Bowl, which was uh, you know for, from our perspective a pretty awesome thing for the rest of the the country, probably. Uh, Maybe par for the course at this point. Look, it's a, it's a long-suffering fan base. It was great <laughs> to see them overcome adversity and uh, and really pull off a big win. You know, it's yeah, been, it's been it's like been a while, eleven months yeah, since since a win like this. So no, uh, great great win. Uh, very happy. Very happy. Very happy. Uh, but while and, that was going on, um, you know, we were watching the the game. Obviously, now the the uh, the Eagles game, uh, the NFC Championship is on. Well, some pretty awesome golf was going on simultaneously. Uh, we got some free golf out of the career builder and uh, our boy John Rahm got taken to extra holes and, um, you know, he prevailed. But it was a pretty incredible performance for the guy. Uh, <laughs> we did not know what was going to happen. We were writing this up this morning, but uh, yeah, it came down to the wire and it was pretty cool. What was it? Four extra holes? Five extra holes? Four extra holes. And and you knew what was going to happen because you picked John Rahm. I did. You're being so modest. Uh but you picked John Rahm, and, and he won in a playoff over Andrew Landry, who, uh, you know, good player, but I, I think when, so he birdied, he birdied the 72nd to force this 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 playoff, right? And uh, I think we kind of had a feeling at that point that, you know, Rahm is just a better player overall. Um, Rahm had a good week. He had a great week. 62 on Thursday, um, really all, all firing on all cylinders, um, and just looked every bit the most talented individual in the field. Which he was, right? He was—he's just the most talented guy in the field this week, and and certainly not every week where we see the most talented individual win. But this was one of those times where he delivered. He played really well. Um, did not start. He was not in the final group today. He needed to go. I think he went five under today. Mm-hmm. Needed to perform and do a really good job and and kind of take this trophy. And he did that. And when we talk about what is John Rahm going to be, um, these are the sorts of performances that give me a lot of hope for him. Uh, as as just a star, as someone who is able to wake up, know what he needs to do on Sunday, go and execute and focus on his game, do the things that he needs to do, and then, oh, wow, like, you know, unexpected wrinkle, this guy, like, birdied the 72nd hole, and now we're going to a playoff, and he goes, okay, no problem. Oh, well, you know, we've part of the first hole, part of the second, like, staying yeah. in himself and doing a really good job to execute, and he comes away with a win. And uh, this is the this is the sort of mentality that we want to see Yeah out of these young players to just give validation to their mm. their staying power and their ability to execute in the moment. So good good for you, John Rom. Good win. You made $1.062 million for winning. <laughs> Not um, a bad little check at the end of the week. 
Yep. And, uh, you know, he, he talked at the Century Tournament of Champions, like, hey, I, I want to be here every year and, you know, punched his ticket nice and early and uh, a, a good win for John Rahm. You called it. You were right. And, well, uh, you know, we talked about maturity uh, with this player. And I think that, you know, he took a, the question was in the offseason. Could he could he address that? I think to your point. Yeah. You know, it's not always you're going to r- run away with an event. You play great. Um, and then to your point, un- unforeseen things happen. Right. All of a sudden you're stuck in a playoff. Can you reset? Can you uh, get back to your to your uh, to your routine? Um, and you know, get ready for basically a fresh uh, event, sudden death playoff. And I think he proved that today, um, being able to, you know, grind out a win. You know, four playoff holes is is tough. You know, it, under that circumstance, obviously, you know, it's not with the <laughs> with the football going on right now. It wasn't exactly the same viewership as perhaps a major, but it's a great thing to be able to. Um, to reach back and remember how you could stand up and do this should prove, uh, I think, to be very advantageous for him going forward. Um, but you know, hey, uh, tip of the cap to the kid. He's he's impressing all of us, and I think 2018 is going to be a great year for him. Yeah, a win's a win. I don't care where it is or who you are. Um, a win is a win, and and everyone out there can play. Everyone out there gets you know sponsored and and paid to perform and. Uh, good for John Rom to deliver. Uh, a few other people who who are of note this week. Um, Seamus, friend of the pod. Seamus T eleven. Seamus can play. Seamus shot. Uh, Seamus went real low on Saturday. I think he shot a sixty five. T eleven. Good for him to do well. Uh, Tom Whitney, my DFL pick, uh, made the cut. This is a weird event. They basically play the first three rounds on three different courses, and they do yeah. this like weird modified cut. So Tom Whitney made the cut. Uh, good for him. Your DFL Zach Johnson, he came in twentieth, so yeah, didn't know that one. Uh, we'll do grades for the week. Um, I'm getting a C minus. Phil was a third round cut. Uh, Tom Whitney made the cut at T67, but so I give himself a C minus. But I'm giving myself points for educating the world about who Tom Whitney is, because you wouldn't know who he <laughs> Wait, was. That wasn't part of the unless original. I brought right. Well, it's fine because I lost. It's your, yeah, you're making the rules. I, I lost guess, the so. week. You pick up a B. Um, you get a B because John Rom won. You, John Rom won. I picked the winner. Right. But you also picked Zach Johnson, which was an absurd choice no matter how you cut it. I was it, going out and, on a limb. And you, right. deserve, you deserve to be made fun of oh, for that. I want to appeal um, that. But having having picked the winner, you definitely get a, uh, you get a B. Some, you get a some, solid B. You get some points for that. Okay, um, fair, fair. Moving on real quick. We, we have some international tournaments to get through as well. But, but really quickly, uh, this just came... You know, breaking breaking, breaking news at the over the wire. shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brooks Kepka, who we talked about, uh, disappointed at the Hero and disappointed at the Sunday Tournament of Champions. Yep. He's going to be out for two to three months with a wrist issue. Um, this kind of makes sense why he yeah. was so bad. Um, I hope he, you know, so he may or may not make the Masters. Uh, we shall see. But he needs to go away, get healthy, recover, and have a good year because we're going to need him in Paris to to perform for us. So yeah. this, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, ligament issue. I mean, it's uh, obviously just just broke uh, t- this afternoon, but uh, it does explain some of the inconsistencies that he had. But my God, I mean, you wonder how the healing process for that is. I mean, that's such a critical part of the golfer's body. Um, you know, whether it leads to confidence issues down the road. I mean, he's a very, very, he generates a ton of power through impact and relies a lot on the lag that he creates at the bottom of the swing. If it's a wrist injury, um, as they say, like related to a ligament, we could see, um, well, who knows? Um, I guess it all depends. Do we know if he's going to get surgery? No, it seems just like a rest and rehab thing. Okay, that's not that um, bad. And so, you know, I, I hope that that uh, someone will get in his ear and say, look, man, you you are a, uh, you are a vital part of, of the United States' plans for Paris. 
Um, so take your time, yeah. skip the Masters, whatever, come back for the players and defend your championship at the U.S. Open, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's early enough in the year where he can take his time, uh, plan his year out, and, right. and do a good job. So uh, internationally... So I think one of the things, um, one of the more fun news items on this was Sergio Garcia's performance um, in Singapore. We, uh, we've talked a lot about you know, the, 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 the usefulness, or maybe not, of these preseason-ish events, right? The, the draws become quite significant overseas. So you have these, sort of these events um, like the Sony where you know, a significant portion of the field's off somewhere else doing something else. Um, but Sergio Garcia uh, play, was playing in the Singapore Open and um, you know, took the lead uh, the third round and, and really just kind of ran with it uh, in a confident fashion. Cool to see as we head into the, you know, the early part of this season, but you know, our, our masters reigning masters champion appears to be, uh, firing on all, on all cylinders. Yeah. Not the, um, you know, for all the, the riffing on the career builder that we did, this is even an even weaker field, right? Mm. It's an Asian tour event. Um, he, we've discussed this, I think he's kind of over there to, to pick up a check, but playing with new equipment, we've discussed that, um, and did not have an extremely successful second half of, of 2017. So to go get a win, I don't care who it's against. Uh, is a great thing for him to you know come back to the PGA Tour uh, in earnest and come in with some confidence. So good to see Sergio back in the winner's circle. The other international tournament uh, of consequence was the Abu Dhabi HSBC Golf Championship. Um, I feel like there are twelve of these every year. I feel yeah, like, <laughs> like every other week, I just see like, oh yeah, it's some you know Dubai Desert Classic, right? It's it's just it's like the quarterfinals of the Davis Cup. It's just existing in perpetuity um, yeah. but a, a pretty monster field over there and we got our first look at, at Rory uh, came in third place looked good looked healthy uh, hitting it far keeping up with DJ they were paired together and both just crushing drives DJ looked like a human less like the cyborg uh, that we saw a couple weeks ago he finished tied for ninth place uh, Thomas Peters is a guy who I've talked about as someone I have very high expectations for tied for fifth uh, was leading after two days looks to be kind of on that. We talk about who's on the 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 cusp of, of breaking out. I think Peters, this was a very encouraging start for him, and I think we'll hear from him quite a bit this year. The winner is Tommy Fleetwood, and I think it's time we start thinking about Tommy Fleetwood as one of these top 10 players in the world. You know, when we think about who's going to matter uh, in Paris, you know, I, we obviously think of Rory, and we think of Rahm and, and some of those guys. Fleetwood... Uh, won the race to Dubai last year. He has performed well uh, in the United States before. And he's just got a complete game. Uh, everything tee to green. He can pound it. He can putt. Um, he's yeah. got the hair of Thor. <laughs> I'm all in on Tommy Fleetwood. I man. like Tommy I, Fleetwood I like too, him. And yeah. he won this tournament pretty convincingly. He was seven under today to, to yeah. just kick the door in and take it down. Um, Plus, he how he did it too is incredible. Um, it really all kind of came on the back nine. He was... I think it was like two shots back uh, to start the round and had sort of a, a you know, solid but not too spectacular front nine. And then he went birdie on 10, 12, 13, 15, 16, and 18 uh, to shoot 65 um, and win the event. So to charge like that on the back nine, I mean, that's what you got to do to win tournaments, um, especially against uh, better fields. If you can turn it on at the end versus, you know, we've seen a lot of guys play great all week, right? But finishing can be challenging. So it was cool to see Fleetwood um, you know, <laughs> play at that level 
uh, made for a really exciting finish. Yeah, I mean, that's a back 930. That's that's how you go in and yep. take a championship away from everyone else. Yep. So uh, credit to him. We, I remember the first time we ever talked about Tommy Fleetwood on this pod. It was in the, uh, the old apartment. Um, and in picking DFLs recently, I've been referring to the photos and kind of basing off that. Tommy Fleetwood needs to update his Wikipedia page. He looks like a 45-year-old <laughs> dad who likes to ride his bicycle, yeah. his $2,000 bicycle. And he, <laughs> he looks nothing like the Tommy Fleetwood of today with the, the locks of flowing. So uh, we, we have a soft spot for Tommy here. But um, no, I think as the tournament, as, excuse me, as the, the season schedule begins to, you know, finally coalesce around the United States, the mainland United States, we've talked about the, the schedule for the next six or seven weeks. It's all, it's all big boy tournaments here, here in the U.S., um, it's, I think, easy to forget sometimes that, that a handful of players, for one reason or another, prefer playing in Europe and kind of slowly migrate to, to the full-time yeah. PGA schedule. I think we're going to see a lot more Fleetwood this year than we have in the past, and I think that people might get caught off guard by how good this guy is. Um, well, yeah. I mean, he's sort of lived in the eclipse shadow of Rory McIlroy for a bit. Um, it, it's hard for anybody to kind of stand out. I think that you know, to your point earlier, that he has to be taken a little bit more serious, a lot more seriously now. Um, but that didn't mean that that Rory didn't also impress. You know, obviously there's been question marks around his health and 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 where he is uh, with his game, but he looked solid. I thought that that was a good showing for him, and uh, he he seems to play well in um, in Dubai. I know he's had a long relationship uh, with events over there. He started his career being sponsored, uh, I think, by Emirates. And uh, did a lot of events as a young player over there, so he's. He feel, I feel like he's comfortable there. Uh, maybe that's part of the reason why a lot of those uh, a lot of those European players have have migrated over there, maybe with him or not. But uh, yeah, it was cool to see him play. I uh, as he as they as they all sort of turn back toward the uh, the U.S. schedule here, um, it's shaping up shaping up to be uh, a pretty strong field to start 2018. Absolutely. So let's sort of take that opportunity to talk about this next big tournament, uh, the Farmers. Out at, out at Torrey Pines, it is one of the. Yep. I, I don't think much introduction is needed for uh, listeners of this pod on on Torrey and what its course uh, can do to folks. <laughs> um, Tiger's back. Let's just let's just go there. He's won there eight times. Yep. He, uh, you know, had a very promising showing uh, his last turnout at at the Hero. Fields field is pretty good. I'll, I'll just rip off a few of the bigger bigger names that are there. Um, Tiger's there, Rahm is there, Justin Rose is there, Hideki, uh, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, uh, Xander will be there, Phil Nicholson, Charlie Hoffman. It's a, it's yeah, a, it's it, a big field. It feels and, like the first legit big big tournament. Tory always always tends to um, to give us some great championship golf. It's a tough golf course, but you, you can different types of players can win on it. Obviously, some of our favorites have had some great success there, Tiger being top that list. Um, I think it's... I don't know. I always get excited seeing Torrey Pines. It's a uh, it's a beautiful golf course, California, of course, um, home to Tiger Woods, and and uh, you know not too far away for Phil Mickelson. Um, I think it's um, it's a course that rewards power play, but you really have to keep it uh, in in control. So it should be interesting to see. I, my question honestly revolves around you know this this Tiger transition. I think until he plays in a big event, and this is sort of the first test for him, um, you're really not going to be able to tell for sure. Which which Tiger Woods is going to show up? I think you know preseason talk is great, and I think it's it can be indicative of future performance. But until you've teed up on one of these golf courses, um, 
on a main PJ Tour season event, uh, you know, all bets are off until that point. What is it about Tory that you think has suited Tiger so well? Because you know yeah. the game has caught up. This I idea, think, I think it was a lazy argument. What? Well, sorry, it was a correct argument at one point that no one could do what Tiger could do with you know off the tee, right? And then they've they've reworked all the courses where that's not really the case anymore. And yet Tiger has done you know has had levels of success at this tournament um, that are really unmatched by anyone at any other tournament, maybe except for Tiger. You know, at Firestone. Yeah, I think for for from a golf course perspective, well, first of all, it's it's um, it's home field advantage for Tiger. You know, he's living in Florida forever, like all these guys do. But he's from California, and he, um, I think, just feels at home in the type of grass, type of golf courses, the way that you can flight the ball. Um, Tiger's advantage always was that I think you know controlling his trajectories, and when you have coastal golf courses like Torrey Pines, where wind can can be can become an issue. Um, having the ability to modify your ball flight on command is a huge advantage. So yes, Tiger has a big, had a big length advantage. He's still a long player. Um, but the, the ability from to control his irons, his ball flight coupled with a very solid, very, very good short game and an incredible, um, ability to make those mid range putts right inside the, you know, from six to 12 feet, um, allows him to score there because it's hard to get it close. It's hard to keep the ball close. Um, and so I think for him, it's been a, a comfortable place, whereas some players who are used to maybe Florida golf courses or, um, you know, a little bit less wind, I think it's can be more challenging. Yeah, it's funny you talk about home field. Um, I've often talked about Phil and how well he does in uh, the southwest part of the United States, specifically in California. He's a San Diego guy. I think everyone knows that he has won here, I think it's three times, but has not had a really relevant finish in nearly a decade. He hasn't won in like 15 years. So it's funny, this course, just for whatever reason, part of that could just be because Tiger was ripping it up and that leaves little room for Phil. Um, but you know, that this is in many ways Phil's home tournament. This and the Waste Management maybe, uh, you know, are the two that people most identify with him on. Um, and you would expect better results than than we've gotten out of him. It's just kind of a funny a funny dynamic for those two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there. I mean, West Coast players. I, again, you know, I don't know if it's just a level of comfort too. It's nice to be back where your home, you know, is where you grew up playing. And I think for Phil, you know, obviously going to college in the south in uh, in Arizona at um, at uh, what was he a ASU ASU yeah. ASU. Um, you know, you play a lot of your formative golf there, and so to come back and play it, like you know you. It's just the, uh, one, one less thing for you to have to get used to. So it's nice to be able to come home. These guys are always on the road. I'm sure they get a kick out of seeing family and friends that may not see as much. So there's that mental aspect to it too. But yeah, there's no denying the success Tiger's had on this golf course. So again, for his major, not major, but uh, you know, more serious event debut on the PGA Tour, uh, it's a good place for him to start. So I'm excited. Isn't it funny when we think about Phil going to ASU and Tiger going to Stanford? Yeah. Um, I mean, Phil's such a cerebral guy. You know, he's like a, a thinker. He, he he doesn't fit the 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 stereotype. I have I have a dear friend who Do you know that though. Who Maybe is, he who ripped is a it up. Very very smart he guy. It up who ASU. went to ASU. I don't. Know, I just when you think of okay, you're from you're from Southern California, and you can you know probably go anywhere in the world for for your education. It's just funny to me that that's where he ended up. I don't think he was going there for you know to get a, a degree and pursue a career. And I mean, I think he knew from a young age he was going to go pro. And 
you know, the program there is incredible, right? I mean, ASU golf is, is dead serious D1 golf. Stanford's interesting for Tiger because I, I think it made more sense of his academic commitment. He always talked about how, you know, he's been interested in a lot of other things outside of golf. His, his foundation is a science and math technology-based uh, foundation. And I think that... So is Phil's. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, it makes sense for Tiger at, at Stanford. Again, Tiger was... I mean, Tiger didn't even need to go to college. I mean, he could have, he could have gone straight to the straight to the pros. Um, but, and again, you know, he only he only left Stanford um, because of his frustration with the NCAA, which is continues to be a conversation topic to this day. Um, it, you know, his frustration. I think it was the I think it was he had lunch with Arnold Palmer. Arnold, Arnold Palmer picked up the check. And the NCAA saw that as because at the time Arnold Palmer was invested with several golf companies, I believe maybe Callaway at the time, they saw that as somehow violating one of the, the NCAA provisions. And, and it got to the point where Tiger just said, fuck it, um, I'm out. So yeah, college is interesting for these players. Some guys really need it and it helps them develop. But I think you know both those guys had massively successful amateur careers. And um, you know I don't think it was... The programs that developed them, I yeah, no, they, I mean, they t- elevated those. Programs. Tiger at Stanford makes a lot of sense to me, but you know, some I don't know. Phil at ASU just makes a little bit less sense to me. Uh, you know, like Spieth is from Texas, so we went to Texas, right? right. And like, like there are there are, there are choi- college choices that make a lot of sense. Like JT goes to Alabama because he's from Kentucky; it's right nearby. And, and then I don't know for some reason Phil to ASU. It's just a, it's a different cultural fit for me. All right. Uh, let's do some picks. I'll start. Ricky Fowler is going to win this week. Um, Ricky's Mr. Consistency. Ricky is from Southern California. No one is, uh, no one that I've seen over the last 12 months has been more consistent without getting the sorts of results in terms of wins that they deserve than Ricky. Um, I don't think we need to kind of go deep into how much this 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 pod loves Ricky Fowler, how highly we regard his game. Uh, but he he has looked good at every single stop of the tour since last year. He hasn't lost any momentum. I think Tiger will have a lot of the attention this week, and that may take the spotlight off of Ricky in a way that's welcome for him. Uh, so I expect big things out of Ricky Fowler. I believe he will win. I think it's a good pick. Uh, for me, I think I'm going to go with it's tough. There's there's a lot of great players. Um, you know, Jason Day's back, which is which is good. Um, I just don't know that he's playing at a high enough caliber at the moment to uh, to really contend for a win. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Hideki Matsuyama. I think that he's he's world number five at the moment. He played strong in Australia. I think you know it's 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 not a slam dunk type of a pick, but the guy can, as we know, he had a really strong year last year. Um, he has that, like I, like I mentioned, he has that ability to control the ball. He has all those the pieces to his game that he needs to win at Torrey Pines. So I think, for me, um, uh, he's going to be my my horse this week. You can't really go wrong with with Hideki, uh, and I think like similar rationale, right? Like a guy who's just consistent, who does everything right, uh, does everything well, um, and just Hideki, like more than Ricky, probably definitely more than Ricky, has put on these performances where. Uh, like last year at the at the Bridgestone, where I think he shot like a 61 final round, right? And he just had this DJ-esque level of like, all right, no one is going to be better than me today. Um, so yeah, I, I you will never hear an argument from me picking against Hideki. Uh, for DFL, <laughs> I'm going to take... T- no, I'm going to take Johnson Wagner. Um, we The segment we're going to do next is 
most like or golf commercials that we liked or didn't like. <laughs> and there was an ad for rocket balls one time and they were like Oh, rocket blades, irons. Yeah. Well, so that's the Jason Day one, but then there were like rocket balls, and then it was like rocket balls. The year was like the second <laughs> version of it, and Johnson Wagner was in it for some reason because he'd won like twice in the last year or something. <laughs> he had his moment, and then he had a dumb mustache, and he just goes Johnson Wagner ear, and I hated it. Yeah. That's... So I see these in the field. Um, <laughs> I don't really have a problem with them except I never did like that mustache. Uh, but uh, in keeping with the the theme of let's go slightly outside of the scorebook for a rationale for picking uh, DFLs. Johnson Wagner is my DFL for the week. My DFL is going to be Keegan Bradley. Um, I don't understand what's happened to Keegan Bradley. He's a major champion. Um, he's a Patriots fan. And by him, I love the guy. I like how he plays golf, but it's just sad because he's got so much talent. I, he, I may, he may be one of these guys that's used to just making a great living, doing well, really no need to change the process at all and he's fine being you know a middle of the road pga tour player but he had a, until he had, he, he had the broom putter right and putting has been a challenge for him and i was going to say about you know hideki i mean the one thing that can hold him back this week is going to be putting right i mean i mentioned tiger on a golf course like this it's not you're not going to be able to throw darts so you have to putt well in order to score and so you know if the putter is going to work for him um you know sorry if he's going to want to win he's going to have to have the putter working for him Keegan doesn't have the same level of control with his game at the moment. So you combine that with struggles on the putting green and that's a recipe for disaster. So whether it's DFL or a cut, I just don't see Keegan Bradley. Um, I don't see him making the weekend. Yeah, and that might be a, a longer discussion about whatever happened to Keegan because I, I agree. There was a, a moment when he and, and Phil were like tethered together as these guys would go to the Ryder Cup or go to the Presence Cup, play together, you know, had this incredible dynamic. Keegan made a bunch of, of Ryder Cups and was decently successful. He's a major champion. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if it was all about the, the the long putter, but his game has really disappeared. He I don't even think he like played in the British Open last yeah, year. Yeah. Like a lot of those major exemptions are up for him. He hasn't won in a while. Um, yeah, he, he's an interesting example of someone who uh, came up, had their moment and has, has really not capitalized and continued to push on it. It's too bad, uh, but I don't. I don't hate that pick at all. He uh, he definitely fits the mold. How about a Tiger prediction? Just because I'll I'll indulge this for for uh, this one time. We'll give Tiger his his special treatment. I think Tiger is going to be. Uh, he'll have. I bet he he starts off strong and then he kind of you know plateaus and maybe stays there. I think Tiger finishes middle of the pack to you know maybe maybe top twenty five would be a really good showing for him. Um, but it's Tiger Woods. I mean, who the hell knows? He can. He's done crazy shit before, so I wouldn't I wouldn't want to bet against him. But I think it's I think he's going to be trying to keep, keep uh, establish a, a rhythm. Um, you know, he when he tees it up, he wants to win every event he plays. But I think right now with his with his swing, um, his you know his health seems to be returning to him, which is good. Trying to get into a moment uh, a, a a bit of a rhythm so that he can build on that moving forward. His sights are on majors as they always have been. I think he uses these events to tune his game up. So. I don't see him uh, swinging for the fences or doing anything too crazy. Um, but then again, if the putter gets hot for Tiger Woods... Do you really believe that? You So the thing that has made Tiger different, I think, than most people is... And again, I've, I've long been a believer in who wants it most this week will, will, will have a better showing than someone who's like, yeah, I want to go and play well and kind of make sure I'm, I'm ready to go. The thing about Tiger is that he's had a maniacal focus on winning, whereas I think not everyone can match that focus. 
I can definitely see Tiger pacing around his hotel room and being mm-hmm. like, I'm back, motherfuckers. I'm at Torrey Pines. I've won here eight times. Like, you forgot about me. Guess what? Like, I'm back and I'm back in a big way and that he might be the most motivated person in the field. I could see that. I could definitely see him from a mental perspective because you're right. He is the uh, on the level of the Michael Jordans out there. It doesn't matter where he's playing or who he's playing with or who he's playing against. He wants to beat you and that's that's how he got to where he was. I'm just saying I've seen him hurt himself or take setbacks in these smaller events pushing himself too far. Now, maybe he's physically back to the position that he was prior to this. Well, I guess he's always sort of had these back injuries or issues for the last few years. So if he's back to a point where he can put pressure on the swing and really trying to compete, that's fine. But I wonder if he's really more interested in making it to the Masters, making it to the U.S. Open, making it to the PG or the British Open and PGA. To do that, you have to stay healthy. And I think more than winning every event he's, he's, he tees it up in, I think he wants to continue his pursuit of Jack's record until he's in the ground. He's going to want to do that. And I think maintaining some level of control um, on his swing because he, he can try to hit it so hard. I mean, we've all seen this. He's, he's explosive. Um, I, I just think that he's going to try to get into a rhythm, um, put some good numbers up and build some momentum as we, we creep toward the Masters. Yeah. I, uh, I will... I think he gets cut. I, I just I think that there and I really do. I, I think that there is. So um, what will be the thing that gets him cut? Will well, the, I think the driver, the putter, what? what? I think that this turn, this course and this tournament and this venue is a lot different than the pitch and putt at the Hero World Challenge um, where it was just good that he was there and it's his event and isn't this great? And there were like small galleries and it was, you know, kind of on TV, kind of not. I think this is this is a full blown event, all eyes on him in a way that you know wasn't totally true in in at the hero. Um, Do you think he gets asked is, any Olympic Lindsey bon, Lindsey Vaughn questions at the press conference? You know, I think by this point he's done enough Q and A where he knows how to deflect <laughs> deflect as needed. But no, I just I, I think this is uh, I think this is good. This will sound like like I'm hating. Um, I just I don't think that he. You know, he's played once in the last what year yeah, now, and, and it was true. at like it was a kind of not a real event. So he's back now. Okay, cool. Go hit. Go play the 77, uh, 7700 yard South Course. Tell me how that you know lack of power holds up for you with everyone following you every single shot. There's going to be like it's going to be on the front page of ESPN the whole the whole day. So it'll be like, oh, Ricky Fowler shot you know, a 54 today, but like we'll follow Tiger shot by shot by shot. I just think, and not like he can't handle the moment, but I just think this is a different, Mm -hmm. everyone is finely tuned. Everyone has been playing. They've played 36, 72 uh, whole tournaments the last couple months. Just he, he has not, I think he's still rusty. I can't imagine that he's going to be as crisp uh, as, as some of these other guys out there. And I just, I think he'll, I think he'll play well. And I, I have decently high hopes for him for this season. Uh, I just think that this is a tall first ask, and he yeah. uh, he, I don't think will contend. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how his new golf swing holds up on these longer golf courses. To your point, he looked good, but it wasn't that physically demanding of a golf course. He has shortened his swing; it's a little bit more compact when he finishes, and he has that kind of up and out finish, presumably to take pressure off his lower back. But uh, you're right, Tiger Vold could rip it. Um, Never really was a controlled driver of the golf ball, but his power was a huge advantage. You know, we talked about it with with uh, uh, Dustin Johnson in Hawaii. You know, 
a big driver means you can hit two, two, three less clubs into a green than the field. So if Tiger's now having to hit longer irons in over time, that can, you know, that can add up. So who knows? We're all going to find out. I think we'll know a lot more about Tiger's 2018 hopes um, after we see this this week this week's event in uh, in Torrey Pines. Yeah, if he goes and has like a T10 or so, or a top 10, I'll yeah, totally different conversation. Yeah, I think point. that yeah. that certainly puts people like me who are in the uh, I, again. I know I come off as as a hater because I kind of am, but um, <laughs> I'm also in a wait and see mode with him. I think everybody is. A top 10 would be like okay. Yeah. Now I see it. Um, we skipped over this. This is my bad. I skipped this line of the of the pod agenda. Stump mic, uh, stump mic for this week. Uh, before this is we, getting to be an easy and before we segment. move to the to the uh, yeah. the commercials we love and hate. Um, so in these parts in Boston, much has been made of Tom Brady wearing gloves to a press conference, wearing two gloves in practice. He's probably going to wear a glove later today on his throwing hand in this in this Jaguar game. PGA Pro. Tommy Two Gloves Ganey. We all know him. We all love him. <laughs> How many times did Tommy Two Gloves win on the PGA Tour? Was it zero, one, or two plus? I'm going to say he's won twice on the PGA Tour. You'd be wrong. He Damn. only won once. He's so. Can we talk about the two glove thing for a second? I think it's a pretty short discussion. It's fucking stupid. Well, let's talk about the glove in, in, in particular. So the golf glove initially, I believe, came to be because golf grips used to be made out of leather and leather on leather is a really good way to keep traction, right? Where wet leather, like if your hands are sweating or something, they become slick and fly out of your hands with the new modern grips. So there's been a lot of famous players like that don't use glove. Like, I mean, Fred Couples never used a glove, right? You don't need a glove to play. But then I tried to play without a glove. It's like the weirdest thing in the world. I feel like the club's going to fly out, even though I know it's not. It's just a weird thing. So two gloves, though, does that give you more? I mean, I know baseball players wear two gloves when they bat, but then again, bats don't have grips. So that's what I assumed. You know, the, the logic for that was receivers wear gloves for obvious purposes. They need a fair level of touch and, and reception. But is there a downside to wearing the second glove other than it just looks a little weird? So when it's raining, people sometimes wear two gloves. Yeah, for rain gloves, um, of course. For baseball, I mean, there's a grip like on any metal bat. There's a grip, um, but hitting without gloves is unheard of. I mean, yeah, you never it, see it. Almost no one does it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a feel thing. And, and Tommy actually, he would hold the way you hold a golf club is is quite different from the way that you would hold a baseball bat. Right. Um, and he has commented on on like longer iron so hold it like a baseball bat which might explain why he's an inconsistent player because a baseball swing encourages your wrist to turn over completely <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, the point of an parallel to your an chest over, right yeah. so um yeah i think it's probably just a feel thing i'm sure if you when you were three years old your dad gave you a glove for each hand and that's how you learned how to play then that's what would work for you right, and everything else would be it. weird it's just super weird. And, and that's exactly what happened with him. Like his dad was like, here, like two, his dad played with two gloves. And then Tommy, Tommy two was gloves like, I'll do it. Sounds like some sort of, you know, mobster mobster. Yeah. Chicago in the in, in the 20s or whatever, you know, Tommy, two gloves, Tommy, two gloves and hugs Mahoney yeah. were arrested the other night <laughs> in a shootout. Uh, so yeah, right. there you I go. lose again. You okay. do lose again. I haven't really been keeping track. It's um, fine. It's fine. Um, so the 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 one thing that I was excited about for this pop we were going to talk about you found um, we've talked a lot about 
hardo kind of marketing wank that gets into these guys uh, agendas you know some fancy you know ad firm in uh, in LA thinks it's going to be cool we're going to we're going to market products by you know being a little more edgy and a little bit more you know tough we're going to shoot it in black and white and use a lot of contrast and punchy graphics and then that's how we're going to sell more you know <laughs> more uh, game improvement irons to the trunk slammers out there but the, there was one commercial that really stood out um, as being the most absurd of all of them because of how blatantly like lying they were they were their claims were completely false and it was the tailor-made rocket blades irons well so do you have it queued up to I, i'll get it here, in a play here. so the, <laughs> the the setup here um this has been mentioned because uh so the setup here this has been mentioned on this pod before because i want to say this was in 2012 or 13 um there was an ad for that Jason Day was in where he just is like, yeah, like I had a 385 yard pitching wedge. I put it in the bag and it was the most it was like we hated Jason Day. We legitimately disliked Jason Day who upon more careful inspection is one of the most likable people, not just oh, on yeah, the PGA definitely, tour, definitely. but like possibly on the planet. Yeah, he's a great like guy. I bet. It, yeah, I bet Jason Day and I would be great friends if, if I knew him <laughs> and I would love for him to to be a friend of mine, but this ad was terrible and this ad is as you said it's in black and white it has like <laughs> michael bay movie yeah. sound effects to it like when they're hitting it shows these guys like justin rose who's like you know hits the ball pretty far right but i don't think of him the way i think of dj or something right it shows rose you know clean picking like a six iron and you just hear like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a preposterous commercial um, right, I, I got it here let's, yeah and so let's play it and then we'll make fun it of it and then we'll talk about other commercials that weren't quite as bad so i don't think anything can be quite this bad uh, but yeah right. this will be fun about 10 balls six shots three shots that's all it took 209 yard seven on yeah i put it in the bag i play a distance on I play a distance iron. I play a distance iron. I play a distance iron. I play rocket blades. See how many shots it takes you to switch at our nationwide one bucket challenge. Like it's, okay. a tra- it's like a Transformers 8 trailer. Right. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. First of all, I'm Bumblebee and I play distance iron. <laughs> First of all, a distance iron. Let's talk about what distance irons are. So if you guys, um, for, for those of you who've ever like, um, if you're into the, the tech, the golf uh, equipment world, you may be familiar with, um, you know, iron lofts have been strengthening over the years. So what, what they're actually doing is they are making irons um, stronger so that a six iron today is actually um, like a five iron from like maybe our, our parents' generation, right? So that's how they're getting their main distance claims, actually making the irons stronger. But then to make irons Stronger makes them a little harder to hit through the bag. So they make these giant perimeter cavity hybrid clubs, right? So that the average player can get them off. And that is great. And it's very, very good. But the tour pros don't play these golf clubs. Jason Day plays, uh, I don't know exactly what he's playing right now, but whether it's a blade or a, uh, you know, muscle back cavity, it's certainly not a fucking rocket blades iron. So it's blatantly lying to the public. But my God, that commercial is so preposterous. But again, it's tailor made, right? Like they're prop, they're a marketing company as well, right? They they have to be. Every year they got to sell equipment. Drivers really don't. I mean, they don't expire. They're not going to wear out. So you got to convince people to, to buy the replace their thousand dollars of equipment every year, you know, for the promise of 
I don't know what it would be. Maybe half a club a distance would be insane, but it, but it's not that it's not that they're, you're they're also, promising 10, 20 yards. Of right. Distance so I, I think iron. that's just inherent in, I want you to buy, like when yeah. you buy a new car, you, you have to replace the old one because the old one is like running down, blah, blah. You don't expect the car driving experience to have been revolutionized, right? Your golf clubs that are five years old, they're probably still like totally fine. But if you're going to go spend a thousand dollars on that, you're like, well, I need to get something really new and better. So if someone's, if the promise is right, you have an extra club of length on every club now, so you can hit, uh, you can hit a 209 yeah, yard seven iron. That. So like, okay, that means in the last three years, I should have picked up three clubs of distance because each product is supposedly one club better than the last. It's preposterous. I, I, I don't disagree. But I like, do that's respect how them though. Out. Like this is like, <laughs> And that that the crew ad of is people, so insane. <laughs> that that group of players, two hundred seventy yard eight iron, yeah, bag. was at the time. This was this was pre people liking Sergio. Uh, this is I think this is like spring of twenty thirteen. So fall of twenty twelve. Justin Rose, you know, bombed in that putt that we talked yeah. about last week, and everyone was kind of like, "God damn it!" Like I don't think people loved Justin Rose at that point. Mm-hmm. It was kind of an odd collection of of people to to trumpet, you know, on as Taylor made DJ was still kind of in his like he was a wild card. He, he, he was not the DJ of today. They just had a very interesting group yeah. of, of spokespeople. Um, we can actually talk about, about other commercials here in a second that featured that group. But yeah, that ad uh, just made me not like Jason day for a while. Cause he just sounds like a tool yeah, bag. Yeah. It's unfortunately for Jason day. I think he, you know, he got contractually obligated in there or they threw so much money. Here's a bag of money and uh, just say these words. Okay, I'll do it. But, you know, it's it's so, interesting. <laughs> someone told me they're like, that ad reminds me of like if you'd cast Johnny Drama from Entourage, you'd go 209 yards, 700. Yeah. yeah, bro, it's in the bag. Like he just, ugh. So ugh, my favorite, my, awful. this is contrasting my favorite golf ad of all time, which is a Nike golf ad from a while ago, which is a, which is a Tiger Woods Nike ad. Uh, this is following his 2000-2001 uh, major stretch. And um, it's sort of the opposite of that, right? It's, it's all about Tiger and, and where he came from. And I think this ad probably got me more fired up for golf uh, maybe than any other commercial I've ever seen. You don't really instill anything into a child. You encourage the development of it. But I would do all kinds of things to mess him up. Just as he's beginning to swing, I'd drop my whole bag of clubs. And he would stop. They would look at me and grit his teeth. And then he would strike it and turn around and look at me. And never say a word, but that look said, now take that. It's a tiger, and I promise you that you'll never meet another person as mentally tough as you in your entire life. And he hasn't, and he never will. Ah, so good. Oh, I get the chills even less, even hearing it. But they do to your point, though, right? That answers like, a lot of questions about uh, <laughs> Tiger's mental state and uh, well, so that's Earl, right? I mean, that's actually of the world around him baked into him, right? But uh, again, it was a little bit of a different approach. But yeah, um, to be fair, like that really started the whole marketing craze around the game of golf, right? Like 
that was I remember um, that was written up in a bunch of articles about like they didn't actually put any golf equipment in the entire ad. It was just Tiger and the swoosh and talking about this this one player. I mean, that's how transformational he was. Um, here we are today with you're right, Michael Bay sound effects and explosions coming off the front, the face of an eight iron. But um, yeah, I it's fun to get into this stuff because it's a side of uh, <laughs> it's a side of the the game that certainly exists. It's very important for the, uh, you know, the, the economy of golf, but it's interesting how different brands take different approaches to it. Uh, so commercial that I, uh, I'm trying to think of another commercial. I hated another commercial. I loved there is a commercial that came to mind as you were playing this, uh, talking about tiger, um, where they're checking out like the new ignite driver or something in tiger's garage. And they pull off like Frank, the tiger head cover, (laughs) Frank, the tiger and Duvall, um, Duvall takes a practice swing with the club and just like smashes the window out of the Escalade in Tiger's garage. And it's not an ad that's aged terribly well. Is this, is this the one right here? Plug. All right, all right, without waking up the boss. Come on, mo money, mo money, Sabatini. And with that, I give you the Ignite Driver. I. Oh, look at that. Okay, okay, watch the trolling. I gotta set on that thing. That you do? What a sledgehammer! <laughs> <laughs> the new side window. Get distance, get forgiveness, get high. Forgiveness, oh yeah. Oh my god, that's the theme this of the ad. <laughs> Pretty sure that's Paul Giamatti. While while we're at it, I like that best contact you made all year, Duvall line there at the end. <laughs> oh man, um, that's another story for another pod. The the fall of David Duvall. Um, yeah. Uh, too much to get into, but man, that guy can play. Uh, so another commercial I mentioned that I I liked was they had these like marionette puppets for TaylorMade. Uh, do you remember this? It was it was Justin Rose. It was Sergio. Um, it was uh, um, DJ and maybe Day. It was someone. I'll, I'll find it. But it was oh yeah a, a, yeah a new yeah, take yeah. Um, a, a new take on kind of a a tired trope. Um, they were fun. And when I see these ads, I, I like the, um, you know, ads that try something totally new and they're not like mm-hmm. recycled and boring. I like the one with, uh, with Ricky Fowler, Dick Fowler. PI. Oh, Dick Fowler PI is yeah, the best. Yeah. That. <laughs> so that marionette commercial, it's, it's Justin Rose, it's DJ, it's Jason Day and it's Sergio Garcia and they made these little marionettes. It was almost like a Team America World Police thing. Yeah, they yeah, would like yeah. pull people over on the course for, you know, swinging too fast or like doing general trunk slammy stuff. And there's this whole, uh, there was a whole arc of them. There were there were three or four of them. Um, and it was funny. It was a way like a lot like Dick Fowler PI to take something <laughs> so that's pretty good. that's pretty standard and uh, put a fun little twist on it and and uh, give it a narrative, but also show people in a different light. This yeah. is when Jason Day had long hair, so it was marionette had like hair past his shoulders. He just looked <laughs> like the man. He looked kind of like Fleetwood. Um, those ads were a lot of fun. I wish they'd I wish they'd bring them back because I guess they don't have they don't have Sergio anymore, but they still have everyone else. I think. Yeah. So why not? Dick Fowler PI was so good. So funny. So funny. And only he could do it. Yeah. I mean, you got to get lucky with player that like is comfortable doing those, those sort of cameo appearances. But yeah, it was fucking awesome. Well, right. D- well Dick Fowler PI like killed people. <laughs> yeah. There was a guy that like, he, uh, like beeped at him as he was teeing off. <laughs> so then Dick Fowler just pounds a drive into his windshield and he drives <laughs> off a cliff. And then the guy like 100% dies. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Any others? I'm trying to think. Um, well, maybe we may have to make this a, a recurring segment, but 
I got one other one. So well, the, when, the famous tiger, like the tiger ball bouncing one was another. Well, that's amazing. I think yeah. we've exhausted that in a prior pod. The, the other one I was going to say is when Rory signed with Nike and him and tiger are at the range together and the ad was no cup is safe. Oh, right. Because <laughs> they couldn't say hole because it was right after the, uh, it was the tiger. tiger gate. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like no cup is they, they should have. Uh, yeah. Here's a picture of Tiger. No holes. Say they just they should they should have come up with a yeah, different. I hold uh, out. I got a hole in one. You don't say I cupped out or you know. And it was like a that, cute. Idea, were, it was a yeah. cute idea um, of oh look, there's like a new Tiger, but so poorly conceived. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over the one where they break his window. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's a, it's uh, a little like The Simpsons. They just forecast the future mm-hmm. all the time, and no one knows. Maybe we should skim through like current day ads to learn what's going to happen in. Yeah, maybe five years Fowler is going to kill somebody. You never know by mistake. But anyway, that was fun. That was so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're going to be predicting the future with uh, with our with our current uh, golf ads. But uh, I feel like Ricky won't kill anyone. He's yeah, I think too, the odds he's are nice. Your, he's yeah, a good guy. The odds are in your favor yeah, there. Yeah, I think he, but, he, won't, uh, <laughs> he won't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, we um, we did want to give a shout out. I mean, while we were recording this, it is Sunday. So the, uh, the AFC championship, the NFC championship ended. Um, the Patriots will be facing off against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in uh, Minneapolis. Fly Eagles fly. This is, um, I think this has been communicated formally or informally to everyone who listens to this pod, but you and I are from New England. That's right. And we like the New England Patriots. We are. We are uh, not ashamed Your of that. wife is from Philadelphia. That's correct. And she loves the Eagles. That is correct. And it's going to be an interesting two weeks to see. Uh, there's going to be a lot of chirping going on. A house divided. A house sure. divided. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, though. Holy wa- shit, the Eagles look good. Yeah, watching, watching <laughs> As I sit here, okay. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is a real deal football team. So we shall see. But um, yes, yeah, so we're gonna have to do a pod next week. <laughs> we'll bring you the Super and Bowl then, recap. So pod. next week we're gonna do a farmers like recap. That's right. And we'll probably we'll give like five minutes to the Super yeah. Bowl preview. Yeah, we'll give it. A I think people a... respect us enough to like we talk about golf, but I think they respect us enough to talk about non golf. Um, and then two weeks from now, we're gonna have a pod where the pod agenda is review the waste management, <laughs> uh, preview the Pebble Beach pro am, and recap the Super Bowl. Yes. And that's probably the most pressure filled pod that oh, yeah. we'll ever have. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, cuz we we, we may we may like be someone's like, favorite team It will be win. like it will yeah. be like welcome to the Ultra Shot podcast. Right. I'm Mike and I'm just gonna be like ugh. <laughs> ugh. And I'm Matt. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> right? Or or going to be bouncing off the walls right, and exactly. so so we'll see. Exactly. Um, All right. So that's in two weeks. Two weeks from now, yeah, we got a lot of golf between now and then, and we will be breaking it down for you. I yeah, think. next week we're gonna yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have a lot to talk about. We got Tory Pines to talk about. Yeah, um, hopefully Tiger Woods shows up, and we'll see. Yeah, plenty going on. Right, um, <laughs> everyone, tune in. We're we're off Golf Channel. The the strike's not a problem anymore. We're we're back on network TV, uh, and we'll be here next week to recap all of it. That's right. For the Ultimate Shot Podcast, I am Mike. I'm Matt, and we will see you guys next week.